You are about to listen to the S. Anthony Says Podcast, starring S. Anthony Thomas. <laughs> you lucky bastards. All right, this is S. Anthony. Glad you came back. Ready for the next one? All right, here we go. Go! Folks, let's keep it real. We're all cheaters. We cheat on our significant others and we cheat on our spouses. Now I know what you're thinking. Some of you are going to get defensive. I've never had an affair. I've never touched another woman. I've never touched another man. Okay, I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about that kind of cheating. That's just one type of cheating. Okay, I don't necessarily mean you're having sex with a person, another person, a person of the opposite sex or the same sex on your spouse. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about doing stuff you know they wouldn't want you to do if they were around. And every bit of that is cheating. Now, it may not be the kind of cheating that would make your relationship end, but it's the kind of cheating where you can get in trouble. And don't act like you've never cheated. You could be the most squeaky clean guy in the world. The most squeaky clean woman in the world. Someone who wouldn't even think about getting it on sexually with another person. But don't act like you don't cheat on your spouse or your significant other with other stuff. You know you do and you make me sick. (laughs) The only reason I said that is I I was hanging out with a friend of mine. And uh, I was driving him to, he, he, I don't know why people always wind up in my damn car. They got cars. Bastards. I keep, I was like, wait a minute. You, what's, how come you guys are using my damn gas, you bastards? None of these, these bastards, some of these bastards, half of these bastards got better cars than me. Cause I, oh, never mind. That's a, I digress. Anyway. So we're hanging out and uh, I'm driving it. We're driving around. He goes, he's like, man, you know, let's go to the store. I'm going to do a little shopping. I'm going, all right, it's on the way back to your house. No big deal. We go shopping. We're hanging out. He goes inside the store. I'm sitting in the car. And I was about to record a segment of the podcast because I know his slow shopping ass is going to be in there for a while. And just as I'm getting the recorder set up, I see a very familiar car pull up. (laughs) It's his wife, a friend of mine. Now, I was going to go out and say hello and all that kind of stuff, but I had my recording crap laid out. So I was like, I'll catch her in the supermarket. And I called up and I was like, I, p- I picked up phone number and I called him up. I was like, hey, man. Hey, man. I said, what? I said, why? I said, why? And I said, I called him up and he goes, hey, man, what's going on? I said, man, if your wife was coming to the supermarket, why didn't you tell me that she was coming, man? She could have, I mean, I could have dropped you home and went about my business, you know, and then she could have drove you. My wife's here? Yeah, she, I just saw I was going to say hello to her, but I was, uh, was going to record a segment of my podcast in the car. And uh, and uh, she, uh, <clears throat> she she's walking to the market. What door is she coming in? And I'm thinking he's going to, you know, sneak up behind her and give her a kiss or something like that. And she, he t- I tell her what door she's going in. And she walks in. And I can see her walking towards where I think he is. And then I see him running out the other door, you know, like, you know, like he's running from the police. And he, I'm sitting there going, and he gets in the car, go, 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 go. I mean, I'm driving away like, what the hell? What the, what, what's going on? What the hell? He goes, I don't want her to see me in there. I don't want her to catch me. Catch you? Catch you what? Shopping. What? Well, who cares if your wife catches you shopping? What What difference does it make? I didn't want her to see what I was buying. You didn't want her to see what you were buying. 
What are you going to do? Buy, we buying her anniversary gift in the, in the frozen food section? It's, we have the same refrigerator. It's not like you can hide food in a house, you dumb bastard. What's wrong with you? Man, you don't understand. What? Don't I understand? You've lived with women before, so you should understand. Understand what? I didn't want her to see what I was buying. Every time I buy something, she wants some of it. You know? And the thing about it is, she she always takes more of it. You know, she doesn't just take half of it. You know, I think we're going to divvy it up evenly. And she winds up eating like three quarters of it, man. Okay, then buy more of it. It doesn't matter how much I buy. She eats 75% of the stuff. Really? Yeah, man. I mean, I buy her stuff too. We both go shopping or different times. Sometimes we go together. But she always eats my stuff. I'll even call her and tell her, I'm buying this stuff. Do you want some? And she'll say no. And I'll go home. And then she'll eat my stuff. I like to have stuff that I like. I want to finish my own sandwiches, damn it. I want to finish my own bowl of cereal. Do you realize if I have a bowl of cereal, I'm sitting there eating the sheet, and she won't even make another bowl of cereal. She'll come and she'll kiss me on the cheek. And I'm thinking she's just saying good morning. And then she'll whip out a damn spoon and start eating out of my damn cereal, man. I just want to finish a bowl of cereal. If I get an ice cream cone, I'll go to buy her an ice cream cone. She'll say no, and she'll start licking my ice cream cone. I can't finish a bottle of soda. This is ridiculous, man. I love this woman. But damn it, some things are just for me. I want some stuff for me. And it sounded stupid. But it really wasn't stupid because I could relate to it. I've been and I didn't ever had a woman come up beside me and take a spoon out and start eating a bowl of cereal with me. That's a little bit much. But licking the ice cream cone, that's happened a million and a half times. You know, biting my damn... I had a girlfriend, I'm telling you. <laughs> let, me, let, me, let, me knock, let me knock this laptop down before it starts making noises. I had a girl, I was... <sighs> I shouldn't even have said anything about the... Uh, about the cereal, cause this is oh man, this is this is pretty much pretty bad, pretty yeah. She she oh man, I remember that. Oh oh god, that was that, that you know that is that is when I think about it, it is actually as bad as the damn cereal thing, cause I was eating a burrito. I was and this this is it's a bit of a pig moment. I get it. I'm laying on my back and I'm eating a burrito and I'm I'm and I'm uh watching a movie, and I think she's asleep. <laughs> And I, I wake up, and I'm and I look, and she's eating the burrito from the other side, coming towards me. And this was a relationship that was going uh, on for a while because if it was early in a relationship, it'd be like really sexy. Yeah, girl, haha, you laying on top of me, we sharing the same burrito. That is really closeness and sexy and delicious. And yeah, and it's like Lady in the Trap, and they eat that that one piece of spaghetti and they get and it turns into a kiss and I was figuring that we finished this burrito when I finished this burrito girl I'm gonna put them and finish you too when you get finished and if you think you like sharing that burrito I got something else we can share girl you, you put my hands on her delicious bottom while she's eating that burrito girl that ain't the only thing I'm gonna make a meal I love girl and she's looking at me and you're as delicious as this burrito and that's what it's like in the beginning but this was like a year in. We had had sex hundreds of times at this point. I wasn't afraid of losing her. And she wasn't afraid of losing me. And I was looking at her like, I can't believe this witch is eating my damn burrito. 
I was getting off the damn was a whole I bought a whole bunch of them in the damn refrigerator. Too lazy to get up and get a burrito. I was eating my damn burrito. I mean, shoot. Why don't you go back to sleep until I finish this? You go, okay, granted, I had dropped some rice in your hair, but that's okay. I put food on you and eating it off before, but that's a whole different story, and I shouldn't even have brought it up in this context. But still, I was thinking, damn it, she eat my damn burrito. I didn't say that to her because I'm not dumb, and quite frankly, I, I was hoping that even though this, I was hoping it was going to lead to some other stuff, which it, of course, did because I was smart enough to shut the hell up and go, hey, I'm glad I could share this burrito with you. Because <laughs> when a guy says, hey, hey, everything's fine, and then he laughs like this, <laughs> that basically means, can we have some sex after this at some point during the evening? We're going to have sex? Okay, because I didn't say, okay, fantastic. And then I shut my mouth and got the, got the good, delicious buttocks after the delicious burrito. But I digress. But that's the thing, man. You cheat on your spouse, and you do cheat. It doesn't, like I said, doesn't have to be a sexual thing. It could be anything else. Don't act like you've never pulled over two blocks from the house and bought a slice of pizza, and you didn't even think about calling home and asking her if she wants something, or you didn't even think about calling home and asking him if he wanted a milkshake because you knew his punk ass was going to take a straw out, stick it in the side, and all of a sudden, you, who've been craving a milkshake for a month, you, who decided to... Give yourself a treat for 15 pounds weight loss. Wanted to enjoy your first milkshake. Wanted to enjoy it. Sit there and slurp it down. All of a sudden, your treat turned into half a treat. Because this dumb bastard went, Hey, we've got a milkshake, honey. Plunk, gulp. Well, you said that's great. I'm glad to share it with you, you bastard. Because now if you go out and get another milkshake, you had a milkshake and a half. You fat bastard, and you didn't want to have a milkshake and a half. But this bastard stuck his straw in and slurped out half your milkshake, and you want the full milkshake-enjoying experience, so you have to go back out and have a full milkshake, and now you had a milkshake and a half. You wanted to have that cheesesteak. You deserved that cheesesteak. You didn't realize your wife was actually dry. What are you doing down here, honey? Oh, a cheesesteak. I haven't had one of those in a while. Hold on, I'm going to get a knife. <laughs> Me too, to stab myself because I was hiding from your ass. <laughs> Slice, gulp. Oh. And then she gives you a kiss. I'm going to go finish shopping. I'll see you home later. Okay. And then you buy another cheesesteak because you wanted to enjoy the eat a whole cheesesteak experience. And you had to have. And now you're having a cheesesteak and a half, you fat bastard. Because she showed up and slurped down your damn cheesesteak. Oh, what the hell is that? So we all cheat. Don't tell me you've never been to a movie that you promised you wanted to see with your wife. But you were like, you were the one that decided to work overtime. We make, you make enough money that you can take a freaking, you can come home on regular time. Oh, oh, that's fantastic. I understand. It's great to have a little more money. Oh, you want to go, oh, your girlfriend has having a crisis, the kind of crisis she has every freaking day. And now we can't go on our movie night because she's crying about something stupid that she's going to be crying about again tomorrow. Fantastic. Oh, of course I'll wait to see this movie with you. <laughs> you take care of yourselves. <laughs> boop, 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 boop. Yo, dudes. Yeah, what's up, man? She's uh, going to see what her craziest friend. Hey, girl, crying again. Yeah, she's crying again. About the same stupid shit. Same stupid shit. What about that movie? I was supposed to wait to see her. See with her. You ain't gonna do that bullshit, are you? Nope. Wanna go see that shit? Yep. We gonna keep our. I know. I know the drill. Keep our mouth shut. You damn right. Let's go. Ah, oh, this movie's awesome. <laughs> and then you go with your wife. And you were dying to elbow her in the el in the, in the arm to let her know something good's about to happen. And you know you better laugh when the funny part happens, even though you saw this movie. 
twice with your friends. Here comes the high. Everyone else, ah, you're like, ah, and she's looking over at her. Why are you doing a fake laugh? What's with the fake laugh? You saw this movie with your friends, you cheating movie fucking bastard. I did not fuck this movie. You fucked this movie, didn't you? Look at the way you're looking at this movie's tits. You had some of this movie. You licked this movie. You did things in this movie you didn't do to me. No, I didn't. Yes, you did. <laughs> you're not getting sex. No. All because you decided to have a movie affair on your wife, you movie-banging bastard. I know what it is. Don't act like you don't do the same crap, ladies. Don't think we don't know that that massager is not for massaging. Why you gotta, how come every time I come home, if I come home a little late, if I don't come home when I said I was a little bit late, I was caught in traffic, I had to work, and you you know it's okay. But what happened? You couldn't wait till I come home? All of a sudden, I come home and you gotta wash off your back massager? Why do you need to wash off your back massager? Hmm? And then you come home one day, you tell her you're going to be late. You tell her you're going to be late. Damn traffic. And then something happens and the traffic eases up. And you're going, ha, 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 man, I told her she, I was going to be late. She's going to be, she's going to be really surprised when I come home. She's going to think it's great. She was expecting me at 6. I'm going to be there at 5.15. This is going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. <laughs> I'll sneak up the steps. I'm going to walk in and surprise her. I'm going to open the door. She's going to be there with open arms thinking I'm the greatest. <laughs> Why is Maxwell playing? What the hell? She, Ma- oh, oh my goodness. She must be, she must be putting some music together for our lovemaking session later on. <laughs> Well, there's really no reason for her to keep playing. Well, she's been playing it for five. What the hell's going on? And you open up the door and she's sitting there with a towel over her lap watching a movie about a dude watching some exercise ab men with abs video with some Maxwell music playing on in the background. And then the Prince songs start coming on and you're going, you don't play no damn Prince songs when I'm not here. That Prince songs is for when we're doing some serious banging, honey. And she's watching the men with abs video when the Prince music comes on and it's a beautiful. <laughs> you ain't gonna wait a second that's the prince music when he sings with the high voice that is for just for banging and you wait a minute why is there a cord coming over the back of the couch and why are you sitting there with your back arch and your mouth open going dark 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 and i'm not there how dare you you she had a non-dude sex affair with that machinery and she knows it's wrong because she looks at you and says I want to fight with you but you're going to have to wait and then she finishes herself off and then tries to look guilty but you know she ain't guilty she's having a non-other dude sex affair on you just like you had that movie affair and you both had the food affairs you sick bastards (laughs) but we all have those affairs on each other not the sexual affair where you cheat with somebody else where you can become emotionally attached to somebody else or get pregnant by somebody else or get someone else pregnant or catch a disease from somebody else not that one it's the other affairs and those affairs are okay I've had a food affair on every woman I've ever ever been with and I know they've had food affairs with me. On me, I should say. I've come home and I've seen the chocolate cake. Little chocolate cake plates in the damn dishwasher. They know I like chocolate cake, but they just wanted to keep the chocolate cake to themselves. And I'm okay. I look, I look the other way. I realize that I can't judge these women. Because I sneak off on the side. And I have a little calzone that I ain't giving them none of. 
and I put my calzone plate in the dishwasher right behind her little secret chocolate cake plate. We both have our disgusting, roared, disgusting, sick behind the other person's back. Open relation, open relationship. She sees chocolate cake behind my back, and I see a calzone behind her back, and we don't even tell each other about it. I mean, she has to see the sauce driven off the back of that plate. She sees it, but she knows I love her, and she won't say anything as long as I don't start adding strombolis to it, because a stromboli is just too much. That's like a meal, and if I have a meal outside, it means I'm not having a meal at home, and that is just gross. And I know she's having a little slice of chocolate cake. I get it. But I know damn well if I ever see a box of donuts in that damn trash can and I ain't get one of them, we gonna have to have a talk, damn it. Don't you realize every marriage has an, has an open marriage when it comes to sneak food? You have an open marriage when it comes to watching a show on Netflix. You gonna act like you? She's gonna act like she didn't see that show, but you know she saw it because you feel her body tense up two seconds before the dude gets stabbed. Come on, you're not clairvoyant. You saw this before, but that's okay. You took the time to sit down and watch it again with me, and that's all that matters. And I took time to see that movie with you again, and that's all that matters. And sometimes. That little freak will buy you a calzone and she wants to sit there and watch you eat it. Yeah, that's right. She's freaky like that. Sometimes you get her a slice of chocolate cake and you hand her, I said, not only you get some chocolate cake and I'm going to watch you watch it. Here's some ice cream. Put that ice cream on that cake, girl. And I'm going to sit here right there and rub my chest while I watch you eat it. Oh, yeah, girl. Get it. Oh, yeah, there's a little bit on that plate. Lick it off that plate. Oh, lick it off the plate. Okay, that got weird, didn't it? <laughs> but, uh, but in all seriousness, we all have these little things that, that uh, as, a, as a significant other uh, that we do that the other person may, may or may not know about it. But as long as it's not something huge, nobody gives a crap. You know, they always have the stereotype of the wife buying something from the store and she doesn't want her husband to know she has. And if it's not enough money to hurt the bottom line of the family, who gives a shit? You know what I mean? If he if he gets off from work and he stops off to the bar and has a couple of non-alcoholic drinks with his friends for a half an hour, as long as he still gets to spend time with the kids and spend time with the wife, if he needs a couple of minutes to talk to his friends about, hey man, this that I'm the best hit, this the football boobs 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 football if he does that for a few minutes, then he comes home and takes care of business and is the man he's supposed to be. It's not a big deal. Everybody has non-sexual food and activity affairs we know about it we just look the other way because we love you enough to let you get away with it you sick bastards am i right come on i know i'm right i know you listen to other podcasts too i'm okay with it i know i'm your main podcast i know you're gonna come back and lay down and let this podcast all up in your ears i know that because guess what? I'm going to be honest with you, person right now who's listening to me. You got me on the earbuds as you're on a treadmill. You got me in earbuds as you're walking down the street. You got me playing in your car. There's a whole lot of other people listening to this podcast. And not only are there a whole, there's a whole lot of other people, there are people in different countries listening to this. 
Oh, yeah. And I'm getting all up in them. Deep up in all those people. <laughs> but I want to let you know that even though I'm getting all deep up in these people's ears and entertaining their brains out. It's all about you, person who's listening to this right now. You're number one. Yeah. It's all about you. Segment over. Hello, you sick bastards. Uh, this is this actually the segment you're about to hear is being recorded. This is actually Christmas Eve at around 944. Actually, not around 944. I'm actually looking at the clock and it says a 944. <laughs> and I'm at the house by myself. And I know that this is the last quiet moment I'm going to have before everybody kind of shows up because everybody's going to become over, coming over on Christmas. Everybody's bringing the babies and this, that, and the other. There's going to be a lot of people running around the house and, you know, everybody seeing each other. But the funny thing about it is I'm so used to people being around the house all the time. There's always someone here. It's really weird that this, this is one of those moments where I'm the only one in the, in the, in the, in the house. And you realize how quiet your house actually is when there's no one there but you. Because I used to hear people, I know people that always have the TVs on. If I'm not watching the television, I turn it off. I don't need televisions running in rooms where I'm not, you know, that I'm not sitting in. It doesn't make any sense. But I know people that like to have the television on because they like the noise. And I think, and, and really what it is, is they like the company. They like to hear human voices, even if there's no one really actually there. They like to hear that. But here's the thing. I don't have a television in my living room because I'm almost never in the damn living room. I don't have a TV in there. And also, I don't want everybody jumping on a bunch of people sliding all over the couches. Nobody wants that. Now, I know a lot of people that don't have TVs in the living room. They're all people over a certain age. But I figured, what the hell? Sounds like a good idea to me. And everybody I know kind of agrees with me. But it's weird when you're in that living room by yourself. You know, I, I went to a friend's house that didn't have a TV in the living room, kind of like I don't. And when you're in a room where there's no television by yourself, you kind of feel like the third wheel on the date. You ever been, you know, you go hanging out with somebody and they're on a date or they're a couple or something like that. And they kind of forget you're there. And you're just kind of sitting there, like, oh, guess I'll, guess I'll stare off into space. <laughs> That's kind of what it's like. It, it feels like you be, you're like you've been abandoned. You ever go to someone's house? There's no, the, the TV's broken, or there's no radio in the room, and you're just sitting there. And they go up, say, I'll be right back, and go into the bathroom. And you're sitting there, and there's no television, there's no magazines, there's nothing. It's just you in an empty room, and you don't even know what to do with yourself, right? And you're probably going, well, use my smartphone. You probably won't pull out your smartphone. You probably just because you're anticipating them coming down the stairs, and people still think that have people seeing seeing people on their smartphones is rude. They're gonna they're gonna look at you like you can't even put that phone down for a second. What a loser! You know you don't pull the damn phone out. What are you gonna do? Call somebody to talk to them? You know, daggone well the person on the other end of the phone's gonna be going. Somebody left you alone in the damn living room when you wanted to talk to somebody, huh? You can't just call me to say hello. You're just going to call me because somebody abandoned you in their living room. That person don't even have a TV in their living room, do they? No. I knew it. 
Don't you dare call me as your phone lifeline, you bastard. You save your phone call so when you want to talk to me about something or if you have a problem, but other than that, don't you even think about calling me. You believe this bastard called me because they left him in the living room? Did they leave him in the living room without a television again? Yeah. Oh, my God. He didn't call you and try to make you his phone lifeline, did he? Yes, he did. That bastard, hang up on him. I think I will click. <laughs> But it's really weird when you're in a room and you're used to having a television on all the time and then you go into a room where there is no television and if for some reason you have to stay in that room for whatever reason. It feels like the room is giving you the silent treatment. It feels like the room is mad at you that you don't even know what you did to the room and the room has decided it does not want to talk to you. Come on, living room. What did I do? Mm. Come on, come tell me, damn it, living room. Oh my, you're gonna you're gonna start being like that, huh? Well, whatever. Then you go to the other room. You go to the basement, and the basement has a television on. And you turn on the television, and you're going, yeah. See, this room knows how to treat me, because the basement always treats you good, doesn't it? You know, but you better not piss off the basement if the basement gets mad at you. You don't want that. You know what, basement? I'm out of here. Yeah, well, you can go right ahead if you want to. Huh? What are you going to do? Go back up to the living room? Living room don't even like you right now. Living room doesn't want to talk to you right now. How would you know? We're all part of the same house. This house is one family. You're the outsider, damn it. Okay, roof can't stand you. What did I do to roof? Really? There's 16 years of baseballs up there. Would you like to be? Would you like somebody to put a bunch of baseballs on your face? Would you like that? And what's the last time you did anything with the shingles? Hmm? Hmm? What about you never shaved for 17 years? How would your face look? You don't even think about that stuff, huh? You just let roof do, do its job. Do you know that last time when the roof leaked? That wasn't even a real leak. The roof did that just to teach your punk ass a lesson. The roof did that? That's right, the roof did it. And I'm thinking of teaching you a lesson, too. And what exactly what are you going to do, basement? Oh, you don't think I can do anything to you? Let me ask you a question, jackass. Where do you think the hot water in this house comes from? Me, bitch. That's right. You can't even wash dishes or wash your ass without my permission. That's right. Want to wash your clothes? Guess where the washer and dryer is? Bam! In me, the basement, punk. That's right, I said it. You know, where, where's your man cave? Where's the place you go and watch all your movies with your women? Boom, me, the basement. I run your life, punk. You can't do anything without me. Hey, why don't you go upstairs and wash some dishes? Oops, I can shut the water down. You can't take a bath, punk. Want the lawnmower? You can't have it, because I'm not going to let you have it. Ha! <laughs> This whole house is mad at you, buddy. We all can't stand you. Oh, you over there outside raking the leaves every day. Oh, you got time to rake the outside of the house. Oh, you can rake the leaves. Oh, you mow the lawn all the time. When's the last time you slapped a coat of paint on me, huh? Huh? I got fingerprints from your last three girlfriends on me. You don't even wash my walls, you sick bastard. Floor, talk to him. Yeah, man. You've been walking across me for three years. When was the last time you polished me? Hmm? 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 Remember that dog you had three years ago? There's still a little bit of his, of his urine in my cracks. You think I like that? I don't like it. Wash me, you stupid bastard. All you ever do is walk on me. You're a floor. That's your job. Oh, so now I'm beneath you. Yeah, you kind of are. You're the floor. I'm not talking to him either. I agree with what the damn living room said. He's an asshole. 
Forget you guys. I don't even come out. You know what? I don't need your damn hot water. I got a microwave upstairs. So if I need some water and I don't mind taking cold showers. Okay. How about that? And I can take my clothes to the damn laundry. And quite frankly, I'll just hire the guy across the street to mow my lawn. So fuck you. Okay. How about that? Shit. I'm going to the bathroom anyway. Oh, yeah. Man, let me just sit down and take care of this. I, you know, my stomach's a little upset. The, the hell happened to the toilet? Um, we're, we're kind of in a union. What do you mean? Who, who the hell is this? I'm, uh, I'm the bathroom. Um, I really don't have any problems with you, but, uh, you know. I mean, quite frankly, you haven't exactly given me another cone of pain either. I mean, I've been... I mean, I, I mean, I'm in here all the time, and I mean, we we all know what you all guys all what everybody does when they come in here. I mean, come on, you don't think that maybe I could use a freshener? Hmm? You ever think about putting a freshener in the toilet bowl? You ever think about fixing the exhaust fan? I gotta stay in here all the time. You can come in here, stink the room up, and then walk the hell out. I gotta stay here. Exactly. We're all in the union, man. We're all in the union. We're in the union. We're a family. We all don't like you. The only person that kind of likes you is the garage. So you might as well just go there. Because as far as I'm concerned, the bathroom is off limits to you, buddy. Mm-hmm. See how the water's draining out of the toilet? <laughs> I'm doing it. Now get out. And until you make up with the living room and until you make up with the basement, I don't want to talk to you at all. You disgust me. Oh, Jesus Christ. Got the whole fucking house on me. <sighs> Let me stop at the living room. Living room? What? I don't even know what I did wrong, you know, and I know you don't want to talk to me, but but the least you could do is just tell me what I did wrong. I, I'm giving an honest effort here, and I want to find out what I did wrong, and I want to remedy the problem. <sighs> okay. I would like a new rug. I was actually planning on getting a new rug anyway. Oh, you were? Mm-hmm. You're not just saying that? No, no. What are you talking about? So I'm going to get my new rug. Absolutely. And I'm going to paint you. Oh, okay. Well, well, you know what? As far as I'm concerned, we're good. Oh, okay. Fantastic. But you really need to make up with the basement. Oh, yeah. I was kind of rude to the basement. Let me go downstairs. Basement. What? I just made up with the living room. I heard you. The walls. The walls do talk. That's not just a saying. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. I have a lot of good times down here, man. I mean, I've... I've gotten it on with a whole bunch of girlfriends down here. Your acoustics are awesome. I'm listening. And um, I promise you once a week, I'm going to mop this floor with the good. I'm not going to get the, the dollar store stuff. I'm going to get the real detergent. You are? If I, mm-hmm. I'm going to wash the walls. And every two years, I'm painting you from top to bottom. That's great. So we good? We're good. I'm going to the bathroom now. You don't have to go upstairs. Why? Uh, you can talk to the bathroom through the pipes. Oh, okay. Bathroom? Yeah. Can you hear me up there? Uh-huh. Listen. I'm going to get you that exhaust fan. I I, I, I was just wrong. I, it wasn't an, uh, I wasn't trying to be rude to you or anything like that. I just... I'm just lazy, man. I just... You know, I've been working a lot. You know I mean? I have, I've had upset stomachs and my stomach problems. I know. Oh, yeah. I guess you would know. <laughs> Well, listen, I promise you, I'm going to put a brand new toilet in, a brand new tub in. I'm going to get the exhaust fan fixed. And I'm oh, just like with the basement, I'm going to paint you every two years. 
Was that your flush of approval? Oh, thanks. Don't keep flushing because that the water bill is getting fucking crazy. Okay, off to the garage. Garage? You probably heard all the good stuff I did for the other parts of the house. I'm going to take care of you too, my friend. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to park the car outside so you don't get all fogged up in here. And I'm going to take all the tools and I'm going to hang them on your walls. And I'm going to open the door and let some sun in. Is that good? We're good. Okay, where's the ladder? Roof. Yeah. Damn, there's a lot of shit up here. Good Lord, the fuck? That's Jesus Christ. They weren't kidding about the baseballs up here, were they? No. You know what I'm going to do? I'm taking all this crap off here. And I'm going to give you that white top. You know that white top? So you so you don't absorb all the heat from the sun? Really? Exactly. I'm going to do it. Okay? Great. Fantastic. <sighs> House, we good? We're good. All righty. Ah, oh, oh, this is good. Now my high, my house doesn't hate me anymore. <laughs> it's really bad when the house hates you because I I was walking down the steps the other day. That's when I knew something was wrong. That the house was mad at me because I was I was walking down the steps and then and then I kind of fell down the steps and uh, and then the steps said, <laughs> "Take that, you piece of shit." And I I didn't know that steps would do that. Steps should not. Steps were normally kind of cool with me. But the steps actually. I didn't even know how I fell down the steps. Until you know three of the steps. Kind of moved out of the way. And let me fall down and bust my ass. And that that was amazing. I did not know steps could do that. But apparently they can. So you you people listening to me. You need to be nice to your damn house. Because your house will whoop your ass. If you do bad things to it. (laughs) I really, I wish I could turn my, my, see, my house attacked me like that and I had to go down and kiss my house's ass. But how come my house doesn't throw out guests and people that I don't want in the house? Wouldn't it be kind of cool if the house just got rid of jackasses you didn't want in there? I would love my house to do the house. Could you do that for me? If there's someone that's in the house and I don't like them, is there any way you could, you know, throw them the hell out? Or, or, or better yet, let me know when someone I don't like is coming up the street. You talk to the other houses, right? You're close enough, you know? Let me know when an asshole is coming. And then when an asshole is coming, just blink the lights three times in the room that I'm in. And then I'll know not to answer the door. But I mean, come on, man. All the stuff I'm going to be doing for you, I'm going to do all this stuff for you. And if you, if I, if you do that for me, house, I'm going to make sure that when I dump this place, that I sell it to someone that's going to take good care of you. All right? Ha <laughs> ha. Blinking lights. The blinking lights of approval. Fantastic. My house loves me again. Life is good. Okay, folks, I'm about to to play a, a segment that I did after I got after uh, some people wrote some things to me uh, online. And what happens sometimes if you're online, people will see little bits and pieces of information and not know who you are or what you are, what you really, really think. Now, if you read my Twitter timeline, you would realize that I support people protesting police doing bad things. And as a black man who's had police do bad things to me, I really am sympathetic to it. So I support the protests. I don't support anybody looting or any, any of that kind of bullshit. I support protests because it brings attention and it lets people know we are here and you will not be doing that to us. Now there's a lot of people that are protesting and most of the people that are protesting are just protesting peacefully. And I'm all for that. 
But what happened was, and I'm going to explain this before the segment starts. What happened was, I saw uh, some people that were writing to me talking about how they supported the police and didn't necessarily, and they almost, they literally were just making excuses for things that we all know are wrong. Like I said, if, if you're a good police officer, I'm down with you. I actually, and, and I know a lot of times when people say, talk about something, they always go, well, I have a friend that's, a, I, I literally do have childhood friends that are police officers. So I get it. So the next segment is me, my visceral response to people who are writing to me who saw one tweet and didn't even do this, do, do enough uh, due diligence to check my timeline to see who and what I am and what my, my uh, politics is. Once again, I support the protests. I support protests that bring attention to the kind of brutality that's been happening far too long, far too often, and has not been checked because it pisses me off when people in power do horrible things to people because they can, and then you get into the system, and then no one indicts anybody. It's a horrible thing when people in power crush people because they can. So I support protests. I'm all for police officers who do a good job, but the police officers who don't do a good job and the system that allows police officers that don't do a good job to do a bad thing and to do bad things regularly and to kill people or to railroad people, that has to stop. Once again, if you're a good police officer, I support you. If you're a police officer that does bad things, you shouldn't have that job and you should probably be in jail depending on how bad your offense is. Now, I posted a tweet and I'll explain it in the segment that's coming up. I posted a tweet that was a picture of John Stewart that said that, you know, you could support the police and also call them out on their behavior. And someone saw that and thought that I was against the protests and implied that I didn't understand profiling and that I didn't understand what it's like to be treated badly by the police. And (laughs) I didn't take it too well. And you're about to hear that segment. Once again, I support the protests. I support the movement. Everything that's nonviolent and effective and intelligent, I support it. I support people to do good things. Here's the segment. I just wanted to make sure you understood why I sound the way I sound in the segment you're about to hear. Check it out. Okay, my friends, I just want to talk to you about a little something a little more serious than I normally do. You know, I've I've talked about Ferguson and the Bundy Ranch and various other serious topics before, but I want to talk to you about something that happened recently. Even today, this morning, um, I tweeted something. It was actually a retweet, and I put something on other other uh, sites. And usually, what I'll do is I'll either put a joke up there, some wacky joke that I thought of, or I'll I'll post something about my podcast. Because I sometimes I get the people who will write me and go, I, "When's the podcast coming? I want you to let us know." So that's why I'll repost when the podcast is out, or I'll talk about something in the news, and I'll, rep- I'll and sometimes I will actually post something that I don't necessarily agree with. But I figure if you're listening, if you follow me, it may be something you might find interesting. So you have to know that, and you have to know that if you're following me for any length of time that that's going to happen there'll be a mixture of things so what I did this morning was I retweeted something it was a picture of John Stewart and he was talking about the tragedies with the police and and the police conflicts and things of that nature that are happening right now and I'm paraphrasing a bit because I don't remember exactly what he said and it's so far down on my Twitter feed that I am not scrolling down to find it because I refuse to 
But in a sense, he was saying essentially that it's you can support the police and at the same time call into question actions of police officers that are not doing the things that are, they're supposed to do. He was saying that these two concepts are not mutually exclusive, and I agree with that. And I agree with John Stewart most of the time. And so I retweeted it because I thought it was a nice, nice, uh, a nice tweet. And it, would, and it was a nice Facebook thing. And it was a nice Tumblr thing and, and other places that I put it. It was someone else's stuff that I, and I gave them credit for it. And with all the weird things that I've tweeted, that was the thing that got me the most conflict. People were writing to me. And I also wrote All Lives Matter. And people were getting mad at me for that. And I thought the concept that all lives matter and the concept that you could support police officers and at the same time that you support police officers who do the right things, call into question the actions of police officers that do the wrong things. Those are two concepts that an intelligent adult who's objective and can understand and form nuanced thoughts could understand that there was no way that those innocuous thoughts could possibly be offensive. Not that I was trying to not be offensive, because as you probably know, if you listen to my podcast and read my Twitter feed, I really don't care if I offend you, if I believe I'm right, I'm going to be respectful. So if you're going to be offended, you're trying your best to be offended, because I'm not trying to do it on purpose. But because I put that John Stewart tweet, as soon as it said the word please, people, I don't think people actually finished reading the quote. And I think people saw All Lives Matters in one, in one of my tweets and got angry because they thought I was trying to take advantage of or, or, uh, or, or latch on to the hashtag. No, I always thought as an intelligent adult that all lives matter, that people's lifespan should be lived to the end. There should be nothing that happens to them because of the actions of someone else in that life. It's their life to, to, to live and to do what they can and to live it to, to the fullest. That's an innocuous statement and it's a universal feeling, I would hope. But I had someone come to me and, and imply that I didn't understand the protest movement and the reasons behind the protest movement because I wrote All Lives Matter and there was a hashtag All Lives Matter and other people were using it the wrong way. Well, if you are on Twitter, you realize that hashtags, even ones that come in with a universally accepted message, can be turned into something negative. It doesn't mean the people that were using it positively agree with the people that were using it negatively. It just means they coexist on the same hashtag. And quite frankly, when I said all lives matter, each one of the words was followed by a period. All period, lives, period, matter, period. It was not hashtagged. There was no intention of adding myself to the hashtag. It was a universal feeling and thought. You are listening to me, your life matters. People not listening to me, their life matters. If you exist, your life matters. Well, as I said, someone came to me and implied to me that I didn't understand the protest movement or the reason behind the protest movement. Now, I understand maybe you're a new follower. Maybe you don't know who I am. Maybe you don't understand me, but you saw my baby picture. And in the baby picture, I look a little white, okay? When I came out of my mother, I had very light skin. I don't now. I am an African-American man who lived in New York in the 80s, who lived in New York, who lived in Los Angeles in the 90s. Trust me, I'm well aware of harassment. I understand harassment. I've been subject to harassment. 
You don't get to tell me whether or not I understand it. You don't get to say that. It doesn't, it's not your right to even imply that. You don't get to do that. I don't understand how someone could even come out of, even, even imply that in any way. It doesn't make any sense to me. If you hear water in the background, it's, I'm actually recording this uh, at my home. So if you hear people walking around in the background, uh, I'm not home alone. <laughs> but you don't get to say that. And then I never understood that. See, see, the thing is, as a black person in the country, if you have older relatives, what you'll find is, you know, you, you, you don't understand. If you're driving through neighborhoods in the city you live, you'll have an older relative. They'll be in a car with you and their faces will scrunch up in certain sections of the city. And you'll, you'll, you'll look at them and you'll say why. And then you'll hear the stories of how a police officer would take them from where they are, where they lived, their area of the city. And they would be picked up and dropped off in another area of the city, a part of the city where they were not safe, where they could be killed, where they could be injured, where they were not allowed after a certain time of night. And they weren't necessarily wanted there during the times of day when they were actually asked to work there. So what is the intention of picking someone up in an area of the city where they are from, where they are safe, and taking them and putting them in an area of the city where they could be injured? What is the reason for that? There is a reason for that. And that was their experience at that time. Now, as a younger African-American male, having lived in New York in the 80s, I know what it's like to be profiled. It was happening to me all the time almost on a daily basis as an African-American male who lived in Los Angeles in the 90s. It happened to me all the time. All the time. I know what it's like to have four police officers have guns in my face when I committed no offense. I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to sit on the side of the road in your best clothes on the way to a show when you know you committed no offense. I know what that's like, and I know how long it takes to check it, and I know it didn't take, it took a lot less time than it, than it actually took for me sitting there. I know what that feels like, and I can go through stories and stories and stories, and I can talk about what happened to my nephews, and I can talk about what happened to my cousins, and I can give more stories about what happened to me. So, if that's the case, you don't get to say to me that I don't understand. You don't have the right to do that. Now, if you believe, in, and in many cases, this is someone I believed, uh, we, we agreed with uh, things, uh, with each other ideologically, 98, 97, 95, sometimes 100% of the time. Now, ask yourself a question. If you can't have a discussion with someone that you agree with 98% of the time, you can't have an intelligent discussion with that person. What does that mean? How are you going to move forward when you're talking to someone that you don't, dis you don't agree with at all? Think about that for a minute. This is someone you agree with most of the time, and you can't have a discussion with that person so how in the world are you going to have a discussion with someone or move forward an agenda that you think is better for the country with someone you don't agree with at all? You can't. You failed the discussion to move America forward test. You don't get to do that. You don't get to say to me that I don't understand. It's insulting to say to me, I don't understand when I have lived it. You don't 
get to do that. Because a lot of the people that were saying that to me were not even people of color. They had no understanding. You can empathize. You can sympathize. You can work with. And I applaud you if you do work with. It means you're an enlightened human being. But you never get to say to me as an African-American man that I don't understand. You don't get to say that. And that's one of the things that I found offensive. And that was one of the reasons why I did what I normally don't do. That's one of the reasons why I actually chose to speak to this person and reply. And I replied respectfully as I always do. Always do. Now sometimes when you put out something and someone will say something to you and they'll come to you in a negative way or a rude way or overly passionate way and you reply to them and you clarify, you take the nuance out and just kind of, this is what I said and they still don't get it means they didn't want to get it. They wanted to fight. Maybe they were a troll. Maybe they were willfully ignorant. But in any case, this is not someone you can talk to, at least not right now. I was amazed that this person had the nerve to imply that I don't understand when it's my life, when it's my family's life. I know what it's like to look on a wall of family photos and can point out the ones that should be here but are not here because of the problem that we're talking about right now. Do you realize that even if you're not a person of color, even if you have a child that is a person of color, you still don't really understand? You understand more than someone who doesn't, but it's not happening to you specifically. You have a terror and a fear, but it's not the same as being the person. It's just not. But like I said, you do understand more. I'll give you an example of what I mean by that. In this scenario, I'm married to a woman that I love more than anything in the world. She is everything to me. She is my life. She's, she makes me deliriously happy, and I make her deliriously happy. And we have one of those storybook relationships. She is the best thing that ever happened to me. She's everything to me. And I get the blessing that she's going to have a child, and we're going to have a baby. And I'm there every day. I'm rubbing her feet. I'm rubbing her stomach. I help give her baths. Everything she needs, I'd say... She's carrying our child. I'm going to do it because this is my woman. He's my everything. Keep in mind, I love this human being more than anything in the world. I would do anything for the woman in my life in this particular scenario. But do I understand what it feels like to have the child inside me? No. Now, I'm the closest person in the world to this woman. She means everything to me, but I don't know what it feels like to carry the child. I don't know. I can empathize. I can sympathize. I can help out by rubbing her feet and giving her a bath and making sure she has the right nutrition and rubbing her stomach and massaging her back, rolling the bowl, rolling the, pit, the tennis ball on her back and rubbing her feet. I can help with her driving her to the hospital, doing a Lamaze class. I can do all that and love every second of it because this woman is everything to me. But I don't know how she feels with the child inside her. I don't know because it's happening to her. You go into the operating room and she's having the baby, the contraction, the pain, the 
child's coming out and the baby pulling the baby out with the forceps and they, I'm there with her. I'm holding her hands, doing the Lamaze class, we're doing the breathing exercises. I'm there. You can do it. You can do it. Push, 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 push. I'm right there with you. I am right there with her. her. And it is better that I'm there with her. She needs me there. She's looking up at me and going, and, and she's ow, 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 and she's screaming and everything because it hurts. And she's looking up at me. She loves me. And I'm everything to her. And she's everything to me. And I hate the fact that she's feeling pain. I know it's worth it because of this beautiful child we're going to have. I understand it. It's necessary. I get it. And there's nothing I can do to stop the pain. Not really, except what I'm doing here by holding her hand and this and paying this. But I don't know what it feels like to have a baby come out of my body. I understand it intellectually. I know that it hurts because I hear her saying, ow. And I feel her squeezing my hand. And I see the pain in her face. And I'm looking at the heart monitor. Every time there's a contraction, it goes, beep, beep, beep. I get that. I understand that part of it. But I can't feel it because it's happening to her. And that's what I would say to the people that were giving me a hard time and attacking me, implying that I don't understand profiling and that I, as a black man, don't understand what it's like to have a police officer, the kind of police officer that's not doing his job properly, not good police officers, not police officers that are professional. In this instance, we're only talking about police officers that are doing the wrong things. You're going to tell me I don't understand that? See, in this scenario, if you don't get it, you would be the person who wants to who, who wants to be out for the protest, but are, are attacking me. You would be the one taking a Lamaze class and rubbing my feet and holding my hand. And you're important to be there. And I want you to be there. I want you to support the movement. I want you to be there to try to make this a better place. I want you to be there to try to change this system so it's fair for everybody. I want you there. I need you there. You are necessary there. But don't ever say you to me I how you know how I feel or what I feel or that you completely understand what I feel you don't. You don't. So when that happened to me, I was a little annoyed. I was annoyed that someone would have the nerve to say that to me. Now, I gave one of them the benefit of the doubt because they may have been a new person who was on whatever site that was and didn't know what I look like because on one side I have my podcast logo and on the other side I have my baby picture. So they may not know what I look like. They may not know that I'm a black man. Some of the other ones did and they were just being assholes. So that, there's a couple of, I'm going to give the benefit of the doubt. They just figured that I was some random jackass posting something. But if you actually paid attention to what I posted, you would note that it was universally acceptable information, which is you can support police and at the same time, when you see them do something wrong, call them out on it and call out the system that does wrong things. You can do both. And it's necessary that you do both. It's important. These are important issues. And you can't solve huge problems in any situation, whether it be society, whether it be a broken wall in your house, you can't solve big problems with little thinking. You can't solve big problems 
with little bits of information. It doesn't work. You have to take in all of the information. And you have to know what the hell you're talking about before you open your mouth. You got a broken down wall, you don't go, oh, oh just put some plastic up there. That was, that was, no, we got to do this, 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 and this. Oh, really? Why are you doing it that way? I don't. I disagree with you, and I feel that. No. Sorry, doesn't work that way. You see, normally I don't even pay attention to these things. Normally I wouldn't even talk about it on my podcast, which I normally don't waste my time with that kind of thing on my podcast. But it just brought up something. It was very similar to something I was going to talk about anyway, so I decided to merge the two. I normally completely ignore trolls. I don't give a shit about what a troll thinks. Some chump decides he wants to try to make someone angry. You're not going to make me angry. I don't get I don't give a crap what trolls think. I barely give a crap what the people I know think when I know I'm right. Not when I think I'm right. When I can look at it and go, "You know what? This is water is wet, fire is hot." Oh, I don't think so. I think fire is wet. <laughs> Oh, uh, no, fire's hot and water's wet. I disagree with you because I want to disagree with somebody because I, I really just want to fight with somebody because I, I need love. <laughs> I don't pay attention to trolls. So trolls don't exist. Normally, I don't pay attention to the willfully, willfully ignorant. Because in many cases, eight times out of ten, sometimes nine times out of ten, The person who's willfully ignorant when it comes to something I post will come at me sideways and say some things. Once again, it doesn't bother me. But what I've noticed is that a lot of times they'll go, you know, when I went back and reread what you thought, you didn't say what I thought you said. I was wrong. I'm going to erase what I wrote. And then I will then reply to them, thank you. So it's an amazing thing to listen to people come at you when they don't have the right information, when they don't get who you are and what you said. So when I say all lives matter, what I mean is everyone should be treated with love and respect. Everyone. And if we did that, if we did that, Do you realize how many problems would exist? If we treated everyone with respect, there would be no people getting shot by police officers who were doing a bad thing because the police officers doing the bad thing wouldn't exist. They would never make it on the force. And if they were on the force, as soon as they did something that proved that they weren't treating people with respect, they'd be gone. And it's the same thing. If there were people that treated everyone with love and respect, you wouldn't steal anything from anybody. You wouldn't mug anybody. You wouldn't hurt anybody. You wouldn't rape anybody because you would know that is wrong. You can't do that to another human being because their life matters. All of that, all of that, that whole mindset, all lives matter. If you respect everyone at all times and respect yourself at all times, almost all of these problems just, they go away. It's simple, but it's not easy. And it's amazing that simple but not easy is a concept that's too nuanced for certain people to pick up on and to accept and to apply to their own lives. It's a shame. And it it would be really, really good if people would actually accept that. All lives matter.
And before they come to someone and open their mouths and imply that a person doesn't understand, they actually, instead of attacking, ask a question. What did you mean by that? Because what did you mean by that would be, well, when I said all lives matter, what I meant was, and then I would say a 140 character version of what you just heard, because I have the capability of doing that. And then hopefully a person who's intelligent and open-minded and willing to accept and use nuanced thought will go, oh, oh, I, I missed, oh, I thought you said something else, man. Okay, well, we're good because that's happened too. All lives do matter. That's what the civil rights movement was about. All lives matter. That's what every civil rights movement is about. All lives mattering. All people should be able to get married if they want to. All people should be able to go and drink whatever water fountain they want to. All people should be able to marry who they want to. All people should be able to do many, many things that are their business and not somebody else's. And you should not intrude upon another person's life. All lives matter. I don't want to apologize for thinking that. I shouldn't have to because it should be a universal thought and it should be a universal way of life. Segment over. Well, 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 you sick bastards. I'm actually recording this on Christmas night. Um, and this is, this is a, you know, a little bit after I got rid of the bastards. I mean, all my family left. <laughs> And it's always great to see the family. It's always great to hang out with a whole bunch of your relatives and have a great time because it's really weird. Thanksgiving kind of blows, but Christmas with the family seems to be a good day. Granted, you're giving each other expensive gifts, but okay, maybe that is the gift. That is it. Because essentially when they come over on Thanksgiving, they spend a whole lot of money and you eat the food and then you leave and then they wind up cleaning up. That's not really a lot of fun. I know that from personal experience. Is that okay? Thanks for coming over and eating all this stuff and then leaving crap that I have to clean up. So I basically I have to spend a lot of money feeding you bastards and you jack my house up and then you leave and then I don't see you again until you do this again. That, okay, that, 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 that's exciting. <laughs> but at least you come home with stuff on Christmas. You know? Because Christmas is a time of reflection. You know, a lot of times people use the beginning of the year to see what's going to happen. You know, I'm going to do this, do that, and then this year I'm going to do this and do that. You know, sometimes they use the 31st as that. But the 25th to me, the 26th, that time is you should be used to reflect. Because I remember when my entire family was here. Well, not my entire family, but a large chunk of my family was at the house. And I had to think about it. And I sat back and I said to myself, time much time is left really how much time is left but of course I wasn't talking about morta my mortality because I'm not old yet I was thinking about how much time left did these bastards leave <laughs> anyway all kidding aside it's really weird when you watch because everybody is so busy trying. I hate the fact that they do the things that happened this year retrospective on the 19th and the 20th of the year, sometimes even the 21st. And I'm saying, hey, there's 10 days left. You don't know what the best anything of the year is until the year is over. Say you have a musical artist that 
sold 5 million copies this year and they're the top selling artist of 2014 and say for the sake of argument some artist puts out something this some kind of cult figure and there's some kind of under the surface bubbling support for this person's album they put the album on iTunes and it sells 11 million copies whoops you were a little premature saying what was the best of the year weren't you mm-hmm and it's the same thing when they talk about all the people that died during a specific year and they do this they re- retrospective like December 16th. Wait a second, the year isn't over. Now what about some poor bastard who's not a megastar but a, but a, but a, a, a someone big enough that we would want to put a, a retrospective out and discuss as a person who passed away that year and they die on the 23rd, 24th, 28th, the 30th, or the 31st. Guess what happens? They get screwed. Because you already did all the tributes. You're not going to throw another tribute out. And you can't give them a tribute next year because they didn't die that year, did they? No. So stop it. I hate when they think about, when they talk about the, what happened during the course of the year. Or they do a tribute to the year. Or they recap the year. And they do it on the, like I said, early in December. You can't do it early in December. You can't use treat the year and year retrospectives and reflecting on the year the same way you treat your job when it's 3.30 on a Friday. You can't do that. You can't do busy work for the rest of your year. But that's what we do. Everybody does it. Don't tell me you haven't sat down and pushed down 27 cupcakes down your throat on December 13th because you're going to start that diet in January, you bastard. You know you did it. I know I did it. I mean, no, I didn't. It was someone else, not me. Okay, don't judge me. Shut up. But you know what I'm saying? I mean, how was how, You know, in fact, some of you probably don't even, don't even wait till you probably start ruining your diets and all of that crap even before december you started in november that's right because you know you're going to eat like crap on thanksgiving and then you know when when it comes to christmas time you're going to eat cakes and cupcakes and cookies and eggnog and all of that crap so you know you only have a 10 month year and because you don't count the last two months of the year the last two months of the year is like being at your job at 3 30 or 4 o'clock on a friday you're not doing anything else you're not putting any work you're thinking about getting the hell out of there and you know it I've done that before. You know how many, I had the cleanest desk in my sales office ever. Why? Because I cleaned the, I cleaned the hell out of that desk from 3.30 to 5.30. I didn't leave a nook. I had, I think I probably used like nine gallons of alcohol to clean that damn desk. That's right. I didn't catch a cold one time when I was on that job. Why? Because I cleaned my damn phone with 67 gallons of alcohol. Was I really meticulous about cleaning? Yes. Was I that meticulous about cleaning? Hell no. I just didn't want to get on another sales call or do another interview in the HR department with some chump who probably wasn't going to get the job in the first place who would sit there and do his due diligence by asking a whole bunch of dumbass questions as if I wouldn't even want to answer his dumbass. Like, look, jackass, I got the job already. You're trying to get the job you bastard stop asking me stupid questions you're supposed to answer questions damn it besides the simple fact that you can look at that clock and realize it's four o'clock and you're still pounding away trying to look impressive means to me that you're going to be one of those jackasses that comes into the office if you're hired and at 4.30 you'll take another sales call or you'll take a sales call at 4.45 or you'll take a sales call at 4.58 and because I'm here, I have to sit here and I, I got to be here until you're finished and you're going to make me late for something. Yo, I'm not even going to hire you, you bastard. Okay, I digress. But you know what I'm saying. 
We always do that when it's almost time to end something. You know, when it's almost time to finish up something. At that point, when you realize that you're not really going to put any any effort, you go completely to the other side of the, of the situation. You turn into a complete lop of shit, a hunk of garbage, and you know it. Come on. You could love your football team. I was originally from Philadelphia, so I like the Eagles. I'm not a, a fanatic for any sport anymore because I have, you know, a life to lead. But I love, you know, I, I enjoy my, my sports teams back in my hometown. I do. And I want the Eagles to win, but they didn't. They're not going to be in the playoffs. And there's one game left against the Giants. And under normal circumstances, I'd be really jacked up for it. But guess what? Both teams are going to be home for the playoffs. So if you don't think I'm going to get some paperwork done while that shit's playing in the background and I'm not looking at the screen, you're crazy. Now, would I be staring at the screen if they had a chance? Absolutely. Would I be staring at the screen if they were good right now? Oh, yeah. But they're not, and they won't, so I'm not gonna. Come on, man. You know when it gets near the end and you made a decision, you're not going to put in the any any more work because it's too close to the end. It's the same thing. Come on. Tell me the truth. You've been in a relationship where you know it's pretty much over. And all those little things you did in consideration for the person you're dating, the kind of things you did because you wanted to make be special, do something special for her, or you didn't want to tick her off, or you didn't want to tick him off, or you wanted to make him feel special. You didn't. You don't do those anymore. Why? Because you know the relationship's petering out and grinding to a disgusting let's get this crap over with halt you're not she can walk out half naked and like eh, that's 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 cool whereas a few months ago you'd be like look at that all that good stuff right now <laughs> but you don't want her anymore because you know what good does it make yeah i'll jump on top of you for a couple hours and then afterwards we're gonna fight and you're gonna say some stuff and i'm gonna say some stuff and i'm gonna be miserable and it wouldn't even have been worth getting it on with you yeah i said it and you know i'm telling the truth come on when you know it's almost over, when you know you're almost at the end of something, you don't give a crap anymore. You don't put the effort in. You don't even put the effort into the back to the back end of a milkshake. You drank the milkshake, you sat it down in the cup holder, it started to melt and turn into garbage. You drink it and all of a sudden the flavor's not there. When you look down and you still got an eighth of a cup left and normally that eighth of a cup of your favorite milkshake is the best part. You sit there, you savor it, you play little games with the straw. You only drop a little bit. <laughs> Let's swirl it around in your mouth. Chocolate, chocolate, chocolate. And you don't drink it. You just milk it. You just sit there and just make it last. But you started, you took that one sip. Oh, and you realize the flavor's gone. It's complete garbage. It's crap. And you know what you do? You throw it. You just leave it there. I'll throw it in the trash when I feel like it. That cup stays there for three months. Why? Who cares? The last two chews and you got some gum in your mouth and you could tell the flavor's almost out of there. You don't even chew it anymore. You just hold it in your mouth until a trash can shows up. And if a trash can doesn't show up, it's in the middle of the street. Why? Because you don't care anymore. Because it's almost over. Being near the end of something is the worst. just sucks. Being near the end of something when you know it's a complete waste of time. But for some reason, you have to run out the string. That is the worst, man. I'd rather be by myself than be in the last three months of a relationship that's about to end. I'd rather, I'd rather be drinking a glass of water or not have anything to drink at all and then have an eighth of a cup of, of, of milkshake that tastes like crap because it melted down to nothing and all the good stuff and it's separated and it's like crap. Hell no. 
I'd rather not even go into work. If I go into work and there's just no sales leads when I used to do sales, I'd rather not even be there for that. Why? When it's near the end and there's no hope, when it's near the end, you just don't want to be there. I understand. You know what I'm talking about. When it's near the end, when there's nothing to do, when there's nothing to gain, you don't want to be there. And that's what the end of the year is like. You're not going to start your diet on December 24th. Get the hell out of here. Come on. You're not going to buy a big bouquet of roses for someone who hasn't had sex with you for four months because they're mad at you. And neither one of you has the balls or the ovaries to pull the trigger and end that dying on the side of the road relationship. So you just sit there and you suffer. And that's what it's like right now, the last few days of the year. Unless you're in a successful period. And in these last few days, you're just sitting back and chilling. It's like being on vacation. When everything's going good, you sit the last few minutes are awesome. You don't care. What difference does it make? I mean, say you're in great shape and you know that you've got a big check coming in January and everything's going to be great. It's just, a, it's not, a, it's inevitable. You already signed the contract. The check's coming. It just has to clear the bank into this and that and everything's great. And the check's coming. It's going to be great. It's going to change your life. And you're going to have some great times. Those last few days are awesome, Right? Imagine if you had imagine if you had a big check coming from your new job and you had to work your last couple of weeks at your old job and you know this job sucks but you know the check's already coming from the new job. You know right after you quit this job that first check from the other job is coming. Yes, it sucks, but now when your boss comes in and he or she's a piece of crap to you, who what are they going to do fire you? Who cares? You know what's coming, that big check is coming. I don't give a crap. Right? Say you, you get a, na a milkshake on the way home and in, in the same scenario, you're driving and it's a long trip and then all of a sudden you look down, that this milkshake ain't crap, but you know you got a seven course meal and a gorgeous spouse at home who can't wait to jump on top of you and kiss you and tell you and, and have a great time and go out and party and you got a great meal at home and you got a wonderful drinks and this and everything's waiting for you. It doesn't matter if this shake sucks, who cares? Because you got something good coming on the horizon, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I've been in that situation. Right? I was in a relationship with a girl who I knew was cheating. And we weren't getting it on at all. But neither one of us had the stones to end the relationship. We just couldn't do it. And then I met another girl who was... The best way to describe her was delicious. But I'm not a cheating guy, so I stepped off of her. And I knew she wanted to be with me. And I knew I wanted to be with her. And I never touched her. And I never let her know that I was interested. I just kind of stepped off because I technically was still in a relationship. And I was like, I, maybe I should try to make it work. Maybe I shouldn't. And the person I was with, she was horrible to me. She was mean to me. She was nasty to me. Then she started trying to be really blatant about throwing the other guy in my face without actually saying she was with another guy. And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, what am I doing here? Why am I being upset? Why am I hurt? What's, I, this is almost over. She's trying to end this thing. She's trying to shoot this. She's trying to give the, you know, the coup de grace to this. So I'm going to let her. Because the second I get, the second this is over, I know what's on the other side. And she and said, and and said, you know what? We shouldn't be doing this. That's why we should never see each other again. And uh, three days later, I ran into that girl again. And she said, how you doing? And I said, how you doing? And the next thing you know, old Jed's millionaire. Ken folks said, Jed, move away from there. Said, California is the place you want to be. So I loaded up her truck and moved to Beverly Hills, that is. 
swimming pools, movie stars, and we had lots of sex and had a great relationship and we're still friends even though we aren't dating anymore but we bang the crap out of each other and we're still good buddies after all this time. So I know what it's like when you get near the end like it is near the end of this year and you look back, maybe you take a little peek forward. But when you look back, what did you get anything done? No? Who cares? Stop beating yourself up. Start scratch from scratch and get it done next year, you bastards. And if you got a lot of stuff done, so what? Get more done next year, you bastard. <laughs> and that was going through my mind when I looked at the calendar. You know, like December 25th, you know, you exchange gifts with the family. You know, and... Uh, you look back at the year. I've had a good year because I spent the last year doing this and having you listen to this. And I appreciate you. You know, you bastards have given me a gift. Hopefully, I can. Uh, you enjoy. You know, uh, you, you. Well, it seems that you enjoy the podcast, as, uh, listening to it as much as I like doing it. Uh, judging from what you, the kind words and stuff like that. So, I want to say. Merry Christmas to you, you bastards, you sick bastards. Uh, Happy New Year to you, just in case I don't podcast my pod. I don't podcast the day of the first. I probably will, but just in case I don't, but I probably will. Let's let's not kid ourselves. I will. (laughs) But I want to thank you bastards for the gift you've given me. And the gift you've given me is one of the coolest audiences what am I saying? One of the coolest audiences. Damn it. Let's keep it real. The coolest audience. The coolest podcast audience on the fucking planet. That's right. You bastards. I'm going to thank you. You guys have been giving me a gift every week for the past year and change. And that gift is you come back and you listen. And that gift is the tweets and the retweets. And that gift is the email and the kind words and the coolness. And that gift is bringing back people, which is what you bastards have been doing. And I appreciate it. You sick bastards. <laughs> I want to thank you for that. I really, really appreciate it. And now that we got this uh, sappy crap out of the way, listen to the rest of the weird shit that I say in this podcast, you bastards. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Segment over. Well, 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 my friends, this has, this has been this episode of the S. Anthony Says Podcast, also known as S. Anthony Says. I am, your, of course, your host, S. Anthony Thomas. I want to thank you bastards very, very much for checking out the podcast, as always. Much love to you, you sick bastards. I want to say Merry Christmas to you if you, if you uh, celebrate Christmas. If you don't celebrate Christmas, I want to say Happy Holidays to you. If you don't celebrate the Christmas uh, holiday or regular holidays, I just want to say uh, thanks for listening, you bastards. All of you bastards, much love to you. Uh, the home base of the podcast is, of course, as Anthony says, dot podbean dot com. You can listen to this podcast on Stitcher, TuneIn and iTunes, of course. And the email for this podcast is the S. Anthony says podcast at Gmail dot com. I want to thank you bastards very, very much for listening to this podcast and for bringing everybody back. Thanks for the retweets and the reposts. Thanks for the uh, the, uh, the ratings and all that kind of crap. Thank you, you sick bastards. Much love to you all. I will see you next week. That's right. Because I'm going to actually be at your house. 
you know, because I want to increase my podcast audience faster. So what I'm going to do is I'm actually going to show up at people's houses and perform the podcast live for them. <laughs> that's that's never going to happen. But listen, I do want to say <laughs> I do want to say thank you very much for checking everything out. And all kidding aside, much love to you all. And I will see you next week. Ladies and gentlemen, much love to you. S. Anthony out. Go.